Today's podcast is presented by Podgo. Podgo is the easiest way for you to monetize your podcast, providing podcasters with a flat rate for ad space so you always know how much you get when you include an ad from Podgo. We recently joined as a member and you can too. Apply today to become a member and immediately be connected with advertisers that fit your audience. That's podgo.co at P-O-D-G-O dot CEO. Don't forget to add the two-on-one podcast in the how did you hear about Podgo section of your application. Now get ready for the rest of the episode. You thought that's so And good. we're back. <laughs> <laughs> Since Adam wasn't going to do it, I was. That stays in. Ever that's notice how there's never any peas in pizza? Sorry. What? what? Putting like, keys on pizza. No, no, no. Don't even try to start that trend. That is not, that is trend. not happening. All right, all right. I mean, there, I know like there's the chickpea crust, but Gross. yeah, but that's not the same. That's not, not the, the same. same. Yeah, like the right. difference. Like, has there ever been like a roast beef dinner pizza? Like you, what? But okay. three, two, one. Lads, we're back. We are back, and this is our first take. Yeah, absolutely. First take. I'm keeping the entire thing in. Yeah, Stephen A. Smith, first take. That's a thing. All right. Yeah, hey! he's on first take. Yeah. 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 Wait with a minute. Hot, with some hot takes. It's Wednesday afternoon. Are we back to recording on Wednesday afternoon? Why not? I think we're back to two episodes a week because Finally. next week the NHL season begins, guys. Finally. It doesn't feel a week away. It feels like a long time away, but it's a week away. Yeah. It feels like Columbus just got eliminated. I love how that's your first thought, Columbus. I think um why? I'm looking back. I think it was um Dmitry Filipovich. I was looking at some of his old tweets that just made me laugh. Um, one of them was when Tampa and Columbus had an insane that like insane series, and then remember um Philly and Boston had to postpone their game, and then I think he said they should just start coming in while Tampa's still playing, like a Royal Rumble. <laughs> Boston, Carolina, you mean? Boston, Carolina, my, my apologies. I remember I was so mad because I really wanted to watch the Carolina game. And yeah. that that damn Tampa, what was it, five overtime periods? Yep. Oh, oh, that was great. like literally two games and a half. Mm-hmm. Yeah, legendary stuff. If they Remember what was it also point said? If we lose this game, if we had lost that game, they don't know if they could have gotten over the hump. Legendary, 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 legendary. I guess nothing goes down more in hockey lore than whenever the Americans and the Canadians play each other in the World Juniors. It's too early to talk oh, about that. Sorry, oh, no. Last night, of course, was the gold medal game of this year's World Junior Championships. And the Americans did it, guys. After a humiliating defeat, losing one nothing in the quarters to Finland last year. A lot of those core American players, it all came up together like Zegras, like Caulfield, like Turcotte. They came back this year and they were on a mission. And that mission was accomplished. And I'm ripping off my own tweet. I know I am, but Baldwin ratioed me. So I'm going to say it again here. And accomplishing that mission of winning that gold medal, getting redemption, they beat what might be the most stacked Team Canada we have ever seen, guys. Except 2005. That's why I said, see, he missed the part where I said what might be. What might be. And then he just sort of was like, all right, we're just going to go. It's, it's close. It's pretty similar in how these rosters are actually built, if you look at it. Hockey Canada. Because Sorry, who's, D, who's double Dion? 
on this team. Yeah. Um, Justin Barron. Who are you calling to be good and then just kind of disappear? All right. He was good. It's just when he got the NHL cover in 09, that's when things started to slide. That's but no. anyways, um, okay. yeah, that's I think they was, it was so similar when you look at it that just stacked in forwards, amazing on defense, and then, you know, goalies performed well, but, you know, they weren't necessarily the top prospects of their draft year. You know, I'm yes, and I am comparing Devin Levi to Jeff Glass. Well, I thought we were going a different way there. So well, did I. well, you know what? The Panthers have to be pretty happy, though, considering both of their goaltending prospects were on each side of the ice last night. We all yeah. forget that Devin Levi, who was Canada's best player. I have been critical of Levi, and I really did agree with Trevor Zegras before the game when he's like, they haven't been tested. You know, I said last episode, has he had to make some saves, but – he hit, like Levi had to throughout the tournament, but there was never that. There was never a game where I thought without Levi, Canada were not going to win. And last night, Devin Levi was the reason the Canadians even had a chance because their first real tests of the tournament were the Americans because they just humiliated the Finns we talked about. But they were not ready for the states. It felt like and and Devin Levi, I like I, I'm not wearing a hat. But I would take off my hat to him. I really yeah. would. It was incredible. We'll talk about the states and all the the post game shenanigans all night in a second. If, if we compare it, like what I looked at from last year, I think I think it was true. There was no adversity in a way because remember that they got destroyed by Russia. Yeah. You know, they Nico Dawes, Joe Hofer both looked really inconsistent, and these were two goalies that they brought last year that didn't have international experience based on this year where they had like Taylor Gauthier and Devin Levi. But I, I think I have to agree with that. You know, it took some time for me to kind of settle in and realize that, yeah, there wasn't that game where it's like, we have to kind of, you know, scramble, get these things together and then get ready for the next few games and like not hold back. And if I'm going to lose an Olympic, an Olympic example as well as 2010, when, you know, that what may be considered the best Olympic team lost to the United States when Ryan Miller put up like 42 saves. And mm-hmm. they they said like if it wasn't for that loss, they wouldn't have been able to kind of get through the next few rounds. And I think that was true. Yeah. I mean, the Amer- and the Americans had that loss, Alex. They The Russians made a statement. Well, too bad they didn't go through with it for the rest of the tournament, but – there was that that round robin game. I'm not, I can't say the other word. We're not going to try and say it. No, not preliminary. Preliminary. That's just too hard. To say. <laughs> you know the, the Canadians had these the game against Austria. They had the 16 to two win over the depleted Germany squad. But the Americans had a journey. They lost to the to the Russians. Yeah. Spencer Knight got pulled in that game, if we all remember, and then just fired cylinder after cylinder afterwards including again beating the fins i mean there was it, that was it that was it there was yeah. the story there alex yeah the it, it it seemed like the us went through something that um canada didn't uh, and and i'll i'm going to compare both these both canada and the us to a very specific uh nhl team the tampa bay lightning Walking into this tournament, we 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 were pretty set that 
can uh that Canada was number one. Like you don't walk into a tournament with 19 first round picks and not be a favorite. Mm-hmm. Right? In two years ago, the year before they won the cup, 61 wins. They faced no adversity. No adversity at all. And and they got swept in the first round. Now I'm not comparing the US to Columbus. No, no, no. Like, but that idea, they didn't face any adversity and it bit them in the in the ass. That's what happened. The United States is Tampa Bay last year. They lost to Finland. They lost to Russia in the in the the preseason games. And they had they had to face some adversity and they came out on top because at the end of the day, those players, like you said, those were returning players. They knew what they had to do mm-hmm. and they did it. And that's exactly what Tampa Bay did this year. You're exactly right. And, you know, on looking at the game, I mean, yeah, we'll talk about everything post game player of the tournament in, in a second. No, we're going to we're going to deep dive here. Also, we're gonna we're gonna look about um, Habs and Leafs training camp a little later in the show. Talk about the Bjorkstad deal, the new division names, all that stuff, in a moment. Eyes out, eyes open, or no ears open? Why not? I got my eyebrows open. Yeah. <laughs> um, another big issue was was in that game. The Canadians just could not. They were kept to the outside all game, and the the Americans had a very simple game plan. It felt like. We're going to blitz our way through to the other end of the ice. We're going to throw it back to our D, throw it in net, and create all the havoc in front of Devin Levi, which, by the way, is how you beat a really good goalie traffic in front. And then the defensive end, again, it was just – it felt like Canada's D just – I think Daniel had a really good tweet. Just let it fly. You create that – like Spencer Knight was really, really good last night. He has been the whole tournament. And – it, it just, it felt like one of those, you ever play in an NHL game when the guy you're playing against is so much better and you just try and get into the zone and throw one on net and hope that it's going to, but you yeah. have no one in front. So there's not going to be, your goalie's just going to freeze it or just play it to a defenseman and they're going to restart the rush. It felt like that was basically what the Americans did to Canada all, all night. They, kept they had it safe. no answer for it. They kept it safe too much. Like I remember on the power play, even when, you know, you you had the opportunity to kind of have that same blitz. One thing that really like I didn't like was they were still so focused when it was, time was winding down on just trying to set up the power play. I remember like Quinn and Byfield, like I love that, you know, he's the guy who's the screen in front, but at the same time, like he's still trying to dig for the puck from behind the net while I'll see like the other four just try to set up for the next thing. Like I, I need them to kind of have that, like that cohesive effort in a way that just wasn't there against the U.S. and I don't know why. The power play, it's been mentioned that every, for I think it's like the last few gold medal teams have all had the best power play and the States, I believe were at 40% going to last night's game. They only had one power play credit, like credit to Canada. They did kill that one off, but even when Canada, it feels like their power play was a, a problem all tournament. I think Mike, especially in our group chat, talked about it a lot. And especially, like, fighting behind the net. That's a bit of real strength of the Americans. Like, they are they're, they are a feisty team. They That's, like, a, another sort of sign of them wanting it more, is that they were willing to be those down, dirty, and we're going to... 
it just felt like real hockey. You know what I mean? It felt like they've been playing for years together, and they probably have in like they, the other leagues. Well, remember in twenty that twenty nineteen draft where all those guys Knight, mm-hmm. Caulfield, Zegras, and Turcotte they were they are literally like the core of American junior hockey. They have literally gone through that that program together. It's like I can only imagine like the the sort of chemistry they really have. It's mm-hmm. it's a, like if you see all the videos of especially Zegras and Caulfield, they're like best friends. You know, it's and like I don't want to question Canada's sort of leadership. Like we'll talk about cousins a little later, but I, those guys, like what they had to do with losing Doc, the Canadians, and sort of having to. Oh, by the way, and Kirby Doc. Let's not remember that. Um, they had a challenge. It was, you know, I, I think it is fair to say that that Canada did have off ice issues to deal with and let us not forget they are in a bubble which mentally is um is a struggle that i like i don't think we can understand um we 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 saw a lot with the nhl but it kind of felt like i forgot that that these guys were actually in one as well until you know you tune into the game and james Hutchie's like yeah here we are at the edmonton bubble you're like oh but on the ice which is pretty important when you play a game of hockey, you know, the actual game itself. They were not challenged until that gold medal game. I mean, I, Finland, good yeah. team, Alex, but yeah. they didn't game plan. Well, game. they're also like you were talking about the whole bubble thing and comparing it to the NHL guys. These guys are 18 and 19 years old. Like there's, okay, going into a bubble uh, in your 20s and 30s, but being a teenager – and having to be in a bubble. And I know you're used to like most of these guys aren't living at home, right? Like they're living they're they're away from home, but still, like it's still it, it's a completely different environment. Like we've been in lockdown for what, 2 weeks now or about so, like lockdown in lockdown. Ontario. But it's like and that's like the next level of it, right? Like they're in their own bubble like they're seeing the same people every single day. There's no interaction. Like, did they even get to go outside? Like, did they get to go outside? Like, how often were they going outside? Like, imagine just being confined to the inside, even if it's a huge space, but being confined to being inside for a long period of time. They didn't get to go play Frisbee with Rod Brindamore at Bebo Fields. Right. They didn't get to do that. <laughs> he did not get that. That's unfortunate. Um Congratulations to a few people we got to mention. Uh, the Finns did win the bronze medal. Too bad the rest of you know the Russian team did not care, except for Potkols and Askarov. You know what I loved about that? I'm sure you guys saw this. How Askarov went to the blue line and just watched the Finns celebrate. Because he knows how to use adversity to get better. He's next eligible level. next year to go back, I believe. Yeah. Askarov? Is he? That's what I believe. I saw a tweet, a tweet like that was quote tweeting it saying, Oh, Yaroslav Askarov, who is eligible to return next year, stares down the fins. Alex, you've said this and you've corrected oh, me so many times. What is the Leafs goalie's prospect's name again? Uh, Artur Aktyamov. Yes, him. I kind of wanted to see him play. So did I, just to see what he looked like. Because I, 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 he did play a game. I just didn't know. Um, I didn't get to watch the entire. I just kind thing. of felt like you know, as much as we love 
Askarov on this show. Um, How much you love Askarov? You know, like I mean, show. he didn't he didn't have a good semifinal game, and I think <laughs> that he shouldn't have played the bronze medal game. Like I look wow. back on twenty, what is that? Twenty thirteen. That was when it was Malcolm Subban and Jordan Bimington, and yeah. you know Subban had a really bad game against the United States. And he gets they get eliminated by you know future superstar John Gibson, but then you know in the bronze medal game they give Jordan Bimington a chance, and I wanted to kind of see that. But was it in? Did, I I think was it did he, was it bad enough? Like yes, I know, and we're gonna get to the whole dropping mm. a stick thing. But was his overall performance bad enough to say, hey, wait a second? Let's put our our backup goalie in. I mean, I, I don't know if I would ag- it would agree with that. I think in a way too, like just give the other guy a chance. I think. Sure. Yeah, because like for me, I look at it and I don't really care what other Leaf guys have to say. Like there is a huge just dis- like okay, there is a discrepancy between Askarov and Aktyamov. Mm-hmm. Like there's no question about it. I'm not delusional, right? So. But and and I I don't think it's the right thing for the co- or Igor Larianov to say we're gonna put in our backup goalie in a bronze medal game just because I think the mentality has to be is I know it's third place but it's better than uh, winning the bronze is better than nothing mm-hmm. and there is a there still is that discrepancy between Askarov and Aktyamov. I think yeah it's just. I I don't know. It's just like okay, when I like I look back on these tournament of things and there's that discrepancy. I I just kind of felt that in those like particular situations, it's just you know these in in a way because it's, in, it's an international game. Like you give these guys a chance to play. Like when I look back on Dustin Tokarski, mm-hmm. who you know probably shouldn't have played the whole tournament, and I know the back goalie didn't really become something that you know we. Kind of think about well, his brother did. Cal, um, so Chet Picard, the brother of Calvin Picard, he was 18th overall by the Nashville Predators. Okay. He didn't get to play at all in that tournament, and right. I know that like they eventually they did win, but like that was a pretty you know that was what they, a lot of eight six six five games. Um, in my head, I just you know give the kid a chance. <laughs> No, you, I think you give him a chance. You ice the best team. You want a medal. Like, okay, see this way. Carey Price, when he was the starting goalie, Leland Irving still got a game in. Stop it. It's not the same. No, <laughs> no. Yeah, Askarov. As you know, I've gotten gotten a wooden spoon. Oh no. Or Josh Harding still got a start in when Marc Andre Fleury was considered the best goalie prospect in the world. Well. Daniel, this was 15 years ago. <laughs> I know. I'm just. I'm going. Okay, recent ones. Um, Carter Hart was not the initial starter. It was Colton Point. And how did that end up? They got adversity in that tournament, and then he won the next year. I'll tell you what's adversity for a goalie: dropping the stick. Mm-hmm. You can drop in the stick. Dropping the stick. Hold on to your stick, man. One argued with Dominic Kashik did it. What? Stop it. I just, I loved hearing Ray Ferraro talk about the scar off because he was just not holding back. No. Like, that was brutal. Hold on to your stick. Do it, man. 
Just hold on. Let's but let's be clear quick just before okay. we move on. Just because he had a bat poor tournament does not mean he is a bust. Just uh-huh. to be clear, I just I just, I know you guys don't think this, yeah. but I think we should put that out in the open. Yeah, best on best tournaments are not the be all end all of an NHL. No, yes, right. and you know those people that are calling Quinn and Byfield a bust. No, oh, don't want to hear it. Don't want to hear it. I'm uh, done with I, it. I talked to Alex about this before we started recording, Daniel, when you were trying to switch your computers and that. Did you see how there's going to be a charter flight back to California? Mm-hmm. And it's going to have a bunch of the world junior players. So can you imagine you're going to camp today? And for Anaheim, you've got silver medalist Jamie Drysdale. And you've got gold medalist <laughs> Trevor Seagrass. And LA, you got Byfield and Turcotte. Like, how do, you, how do you handle that? You think John Gibson's going to go up to Seagrass? Like, Add a boy and then get slapped just has to go console Drysdale. Like, like what? How do you handle that if you're one of the vets there? Like, you got one kid who was just all, you know, mm. the peak of his career so far, and the other one who probably had a camera shoved in his face when he was crying last night. Well, after that's, their quarantine, they're going to see him. Off. That's true. I think that's the benefit of having those vets on the Ducks team, where they, you know, or even in LA, where you know, both sides of it too. There's also Jonathan Quick and Drew Doughty. Yes. Yes, that is very true. Or even Dustin Brown when he used to make the Olympic teams. <laughs> yeah, no, he's fair. And then there's Jeff Carter. Kopitar saying, well, Slovakia, we were there too. No, Slovenia. So, oh, he's Slovenia. Yeah. Oh, okay. I thought it was Slovakia. There was actually a funny segment on TSN where like, um, they were asking players around the NHL, like, what NHL players from Slovenia? And everyone said Enzo Kopitar. Because I even right now, too, I can't think of anyone else. Is Char Slovakian or Slovenian? He's Slovakian. Okay, Marian Gabrik. Slovakian. Okay. That was when they had like a really good team. It was like Gabrik, Hosa, Chara, um, Halak, all in their prime. Wait, Europe. wasn't wasn't he born when it was like the Czechoslovakia? Yeah, I think it just up until like the like the early Olympic teams. Those yeah, yeah. ones were the ones. I remember two thousand six. They were pretty solid. Mm-hmm. Um, so by the way, uh, world junior hockey sucks, by the way, because it's just instead of just seeing fan bases go at it, you have all of Canada and it's it's uh, countries. I feel so bad for some of that. Like Pete Blackburn doesn't help put out the fire. <laughs> yeah. That guy was giving it. Oh man, like he's funny, but uh, he was I, I also I'm kind of disappointed in Canadians that their one retort is, oh yeah, we have free health care. Like what? Yeah. Add into this. Just we lost. Get over it. Or remember the Olympic gold medals. Yeah. That one. That's a decent comeback. I'm okay with. Um. Iggy, 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 the golden goal. Sidney Crosby. I admit though, like looking back on those teams, just like I don't know how the U.S. keeps getting. I mean, 2013, understandable. That team wasn't the best, but this team, 2017, where which was also considered a stacked team, like. I don't know what was going on there. They've made some baffling choices when they go to certain international competition, competitions. World Cup. Okay, Justin Albuquerque or Phil Kessel. Let's go Justin Albuquerque. <laughs> or Bobby Ryan lacks intensity. Yeah, oh, they're, so, they're so silly. What's not silly of the Americans, though, is that trash can. I know it's a barrel. They mm-hmm. claimed it was a barrel. 
I think it's a trash can. I'm pretty sure that's a barrel. I don't know what I, I, I don't they, know. They knew what they were doing. Brady. Oh, they knew what they, of course they knew what they were doing. I think it was a barrel can. It was, man, there's definitely going to be some trash in there. Definitely going to be Probably. Like, I, let's just talk about Trevor Zegras, MVP of the tournament. Mm-hmm. Before the game, called out Canada saying that them and Devin Levi had not been really tested five on five. In fact, Turcotte's goal was actually the first even strength goal that Canada had allowed in the tournament. Mm-hmm. And he backed it up. An assist on that first goal. The second was his own. He is a king. And even in the post game, he was rocking it. Trevor Zegras. Actually, he's, a, he's actually a duck. <laughs> what did I say? What? You called him you a said, king. You said you called him a king? No, no, I, I don't no, mean I know, I know, I know. I, I know, I'm just joking. I mean that he is like a, 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 a on the ice, he is a goddamn king. He's got the swagger, he's got the confidence. And then that's when I was going to finish and and throw it over to Daniel and say, mm. he must be so happy that he is an Anaheim Duck. Okay, so two things. I'm kind of conflicted. Just in this present moment, you know, this is not a forever thing. You know, I'm going to grow to love this guy again. But, you know, the way the Ducks have been able to get this guy ninth overall, we talked about it. Like, you know, Philip Broberg is an excellent player, but I – at this point, it just looks kind of like Edmonton just went for need, not for best available. And the fact that Anaheim has never had a top five pick oh my God. since, like, what, Paul Correa? Um, you know, oh, no, not Paul Correa. Bobby Ryan, my apologies. Um, this is something that, you know, it's, it's great for the Ducks moving forward that, you know, I think he could really grow into a franchise player. He's a guy that has been you know, watched over. I think Steve Dangle had a tweet from 2011. It's like, oh, watch out for this kid. And then Steve Dangle was like, it's, this guy was a 10-year-old at the time and people were saying like, watch out for him already. He was quote tweeting someone about yeah. it. And the person he had quote tweeted had sent the tweet from a Blackberry. <laughs> that's how Which you know it's bad. Like, that's no, how that's, you know it's old. I mean, not bad. Yeah. That's how you know it's secure. Yeah. Um, two more things. First of all, Oh, before we go, sorry. Secures one more thing. It. I will move forward from this the same way I did when John Gibson beat Canada in 2013. Yeah. And they went on to win the gold medal. Um, check out the visual portion of the podcast because Alex is going to bring up a soccer jersey later. And I just want to put this field, this picture of Cole Caulfield wrapped around with an American flag. Cole Did you, Ca- did you feel weird when Kaden Gooley oh, for the check on <laughs> how Cole did it twice and the Canadians put the article on saying like we're proud of our prospects and it's and it's ghoulie crushing coffee I was like dude stop like stop it we're, we're friends here you're playing together soon stop hitting it I remember that when like Jamie Drysdale was like tracing Trevor Zegers like around in the offensive zone uh, you know what though Cole can just say when he goes to camp next year he's gonna say yeah, here's the gold medal. What's up? He's going to call on his dad, Shea Weber, to be like, stop. <laughs> dad, he's picking on me. Yeah, but do you know what Gooley – remember, Gooley's only 18. I think he's, he'll be 19 in a few days, but he'll probably – he could make the team again next year. And he wasn't bad at this tournament. He got caught – he was out there for like a minute and a half for the first goal. But anyway, Care Bear, 
Cole Caulfield. I love him, and I'm so happy. He is the only reason I was rooting for the States. I can go on about the story, but I was there for Cole Caulfield. Really? The Kate and Gooley thing didn't balance it out? Well, because Cole's like my little Care Bear. I thought you were going to balance it out and go like, I just want everyone to have fun tonight. No, because Gooley's <laughs> been here for like two months. Cole's, Cole's the guy. Mm-hmm. Cole's like the best goal-scoring prospect they've had since Max Pacioretty. So, so why do I not feel the same way about Trevor Zegers? Um, because, you're, um, because you're actually Canadian. <laughs> you have loyalty to your country, and I'm the I'm the British guy that's like, ah, whatever. I may have grown up here, but let's go America. Yeah, like I was with like Alex. I was like when you know Finland and Russia. I'm like Alex must be conflicted right here. I was very and conflicted. Talking to people when I've been against you know the underdog. I've been for every underdog team this tournament. Like I'm not rooting for Canada. Are you kidding me? They're the they 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 are. I'm at a point with World Junior Hockey, not with the NHL or maybe Olympics, maybe not, but. I'm at the point where the World Juniors win. I'm not just going to root for Canada. Because mm-hmm. they don't need to win. Like, And I don't feel bad that the this team of all first-rounders lost. I don't feel bad for it. Okay, I, okay let, me, let me rephrase that. I don't feel bad that they lost. But I do feel terrible when then after the game, for some dumb reason, instead of just letting them go to the locker room and keeping this private, Every year we feel the need to do the stupid watch thing and we see these poor kids cry. I don't want to see it. And shame on whoever made the decision to make the captains hand out the jersey. Yeah. The medals. I felt horrible for Bowen Byram. He was keeping it together so much. And when he went back to the line and Dylan Cousins turned him away from the camera, like, First of all, Buffalo, um, what a player Cousins is going to be. Like, on and off the ice already, you can tell. He's exactly what they need. But, Ma, I, I don't I'm, – I'm really getting to the point where I'm like, we, we need to stop this stupid player of the game stuff. Just let these kids – and I'm not just saying this because of Canada. I hate seeing the medal rounds when Germany lost – I just let them go be with their team in the locker room. Stop broadcasting this heartbreak, like, nationally. What are you doing? What's, what do you gain from that? I don't want to see that. I don't, I don't love this tournament more for seeing these teenagers cry because they've just lost. Like, I have, some, I'm, I have somewhat of a heart, you know? Mm. Come on. We can do better than that. One thing, thing that kind of I know this is considered like you know the highest of the highest tournaments when it comes to junior hockey mm-hmm. internationally, but I think maybe just something for me. I think it's because there is a bit of that over reliance on the fact that we like showcase the top guys, but you know we don't we you know we don't get that with Ivan Halinka. We don't get that with the under eighteen tournament where you know it's really the same guys or it's the people that you know we see through the system of things where maybe two things pandemic one of the one things you could kind of see because um you know we don't know what the other sports are doing right now um and like the second thing i think it's like that huge emphasis on what we've talked about with that canadian identity of hockey saying like we gotta see this we gotta put it on here and i think a big thing for us and this is why sometimes i like looking at the ivan halinka tournament is a lot of people, especially when they're just 
watching, they look at the draft position, they look at the team that has these guys, and they say, "Yeah, you know, you're already drafted. You kind of have to, you kind of have to have it, and we want to see that on on display." And that's why I kind of think that, as much as I love the real juniors, there has to be a bit of a balance with the other tournaments that we don't really see get the same attention or the same. You know, sometimes they're not even televised. Yeah. Um... <laughs> It's funny you bring up the Holinka because I remember they were talking about the American Canadian game where the Canadians scored on a goal that should not have counted. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh yeah, the Holinka Gretzky. It's man, nobody gets as mad about the top prospects game either. It's just just it's a drawback of the world juniors. And it feels like we have this discussion every year about it. Just listen, I can deal with the blowouts. I can deal with Canada being a completely stacked team that's a favorite every year. I can get it. But just stop putting the camera in kids' faces. I don't like it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like a couple of years ago when Windsor won the Memorial Cup, and they I can't remember who they were playing for the life of me. Because I was just watching Sergachev because he was a Canadian's prospect. Back then. <laughs> um, and they went to the opposing goalie, and they got really close in with the camera. And I think he threw their stick at them. Which, first of all, you should never throw your equipment at people. At the same time, though, this guy just lost the Memorial Cup final. Give him his space. Because I'm at 21. I'm not growing up. I don't even want to remember what I was like at 17, 16, 18. I was terrible back then. I remember. uh, Sorry, it's going to be another big throwback. And you guys might roll your eyes. But the back-to-back gold medal game losses for Marc-Andre Fleury. I remember when they pulled him. Uh, with two minutes left, and he never took off his mask on the bench. He just put his head down, and everyone was patting it, but he never took off his mask. And I remember there was, like, a bit of criticism, like, oh, you're not putting the ball cap on. You're not, like, you're not engaging with anything. Yeah, and I was like, no, like, this happened twice in a row. (laughs) That was actually, um, you know, know when people say loss of innocence sometimes, I think that was actually um, a moment for me because that was the first tournament when I was really little that I realized Canada could lose an international play. Mine was, it took me a lot longer to realize that. I think it was 2017 when the state, when Troy Terry won it for the states in the shootout. That was the oh, that's another guy I had to forgive too. Where I'm like, okay, I can move on. For, yeah, I can move on past this because he's Thank a Ducks guy. They got rid of that, by the way. They got rid of the shootout. I didn't realize they had until Gord was like, "Yeah, they're played to they score." I was like, "Okay, great, good. sweet." Love they heard it. our outcry. Um, yeah, uh, Alex or Daniel, start with Alex. Any last word on the World Junior before we go? Uh, no, I mean, I guess congrats to the U.S. Absolutely, and, and Canada too. Like. I get their full first rounders, but it's still an accomplishment to me, even yeah. when silver. Even though if you ain't first, you're last. Yeah. Oh. Um, but you know what? Those returning <laughs> Ricky Bobby. players next year. Yeah. Watch them. Watch them. Guarantee mm. it. Uh, Daniel. Last this thing is... I want to I want to send to you. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Oh, go ahead. No. You... What do you have to say to Spencer Knight? Uh. You're a good goalie, Spencer Knight. Um. Yes, but my actual final thoughts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you guys have probably heard this on and off the show for me where, you know, I always have these, you know, I guess mementos of each World Junior Tournament I've watched where I look back and throw do a lot of throwbacks to it. But I think this one was extra special because of the amount of coverage and how long the training camps actually took because of COVID mm-hmm. that – 
in a way, James Duthie said it before where, you know, there's these guys that you learn about the end of the, at the beginning of training camp. And then by the end of the tournament, it's like they're part of the family already. Mm-hmm. I think it's a lot more uh, like a lot more of that is true this year because of how long we've had, you know, these, these training camps going on, how long we've had this coverage on these guys. Like I was already a Bowen Byram fan, a Dylan Cousins fan. And now these are definite fixtures of guys where like these guys I'm going to be rooting for. These are guys that I'm going to remember as they go forward. Like again, what they said, like it's just a little unfair. They have Bowen Byram Colorado and the way they're already built. Yeah. Um, I can't stand that. And do you know what? Again, good for Buffalo. They need good players and they need good people. Dylan Cousins, right up there. Okay. First off, guys, season is starting next week, starting with the Leafs and the Canadians. We can't wait to see it. But first off, I asked you guys before the show, come up with two bold predictions. Matthew Boldy predictions. Matthew Boldy predictions carried by Cole Caulfield. Don't mind me. I'm kidding. Really good, though. Okay. So um, I don't know how bold the lads have gone, but we hopefully we get some spicy ones here. Bordering on the realm of hot take. Alex, give me your two hot takes or uh, your bold takes. They're both about the East Division, actually. Very good. Um, the first one is the New York Islanders. Will not make the playoffs. Interesting. Um, but you know who will make the playoffs? Who? The Buffalo Sabres. I forgot who was in each division, to be honest with you. But yep. I like that. I like that. We'll see if that pays off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I like it. Daniel, what about you? You've oh, got- we're gonna go back and forth. Okay. Um, Alex gave both of his, so we just. Okay, so I have a few. Okay, naturally. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Number one, the Ducks make the playoffs, and John Gibson wins the Vesna. Okay. And here I'm gonna see it. Why? I think their defense is arguably better than what Winnipeg had last year, and. They, I think they've improved it, like Kevin Shattenkirk and, you know, the potential of Jamie Drysdale. And John Gibson is in his prime. He is one of the best. I don't think he's going to be hung out to dry the same way. I think when you look back on things of the narrative of what is this team doing, I think that they've taken another step. I know that people are going to argue about the cap hit of certain players like Adam Henrique or Jakob Silverberg, but I think the young guys especially the ones who've been drafted 2016, 2017, I think they're ready to step up. They're ready to become these guys where they just need meaningful minutes. And I'm not saying that they're going to be a cup contender, but I'm saying that they have enough there to do something. Like if I'm going to use like this ratio of things, you know, they're not at Tampa's level because they still have, you know, they have the potential to have these top end guys, but they're not there yet, but they're not the Arizona coyotes where, there's it's just barren and I, I i believe it um my other bold prediction is the minnesota wild continue to have this weird kind of what are you doing thing but they still somehow do two things first they make the playoffs 
Um, and second, because I love Jared Spurgeon, I think he's a great captain. And second, they finally do one of the big deals, either with Ryan Suter or Zach Parise, where they finally get one of them off the books. You know, they probably do not win the trade because of the money, but they finally get rid of one of the pillars. Yeah. Go on, sorry, Alex. No, I have a question. Just mm-hmm. finish what you were saying. It's okay. Okay. Uh, my third one is the New Jersey Devils make the playoffs. Um, I think that there's enough there. I really like their young core. Um, you know, Jack Hughes, you know, a bit of a jitters there, but I think they're going to get a lot better. Uh, one subtle thing, and I think he's just going to get the few games, but not going to completely stay there, is Dawson Mercer makes the, makes, makes the roster. Um, you know, this is something the Devils have done before in the past. Maybe it was under Lula Morello, but you know, you saw guys like Stefan Matteau make it right away, even after like you know a big performance of the Real Juniors. Um, hmm. And my last one before is you do that, the um, Leafs make the conference finals. You, you hold, hold okay. on, hold on. Okay, wait, hold on. Sorry, you I, yes, you're saying that the Ducks in Minnesota are making the playoffs. Yeah. Correct? So that you're saying one of Colorado, Vegas, or St. Uh, <laughs> Adam, you cut out. There. You cut out. You cut out. I oh, didn't hear what you said. You are my internet is unstable. So you're saying that Anaheim and Minnesota are making the playoffs. Mm-hmm. So you are saying one of Colorado, St. Louis, or Vegas are gonna miss. Yes. And here, this is why. I like the blues a lot. I really like their team. Um, I have spoken highly of Ryan O'Reilly ever since he got there. But I think there's been a lot of moving pieces. There have been a lot of injuries. There's been a lot of what ifs, you know, a lot of, you know, show me deals that I don't think the chemistry is there. And I'm not betting on Jordan Bimington. Okay. Um, And you say the Leafs are making the conference finals. Okay. So they're winning Canada. I think, yes. I think the Leafs, where they are, and, you know, I. I'm going to go with what James Myrtle said in his article this week. No more excuses. Yeah. I, I think everyone in the league is at that point with them that like, they, they have to perform. No more excuses. I think that, you know, in a way, as much as I like Seth Jarvis, I think it was remedied with Ronyan Amirov. And I think that we're at a point now we can look past on, you know, getting out of those bad Lou deals, getting past what they viewed as too much skill, not enough balance there. I think they've done enough to merit a run. And, you know, if Frederick Anderson doesn't, you know, stay long-term, I think this is another reason why you just go for it. Daniel, I think so far you're winning the hot takes here. I I am listening to what you have about the Leafs. Mm -hmm. I I can't get over the fact you think Minnesota are making it over St. (laughs) Louis. I cannot do it. I think it's just, it's, it's, you know, not saying that they're going to go on a rebuild. I think it's just going to be a bit of a transition year where there's been too many moving pieces. Like, I think that when we talk about Joe Pavelski and, you know, we've talked about Joe Thornton, um, we've talked about these guys where these, this leadership aspect of things, you, you, you have that combined with the fact that you're also missing a guy who's been with your team in Alex Petrangelo since 2008. Mm-hmm. And he is, you know, I still think he's a star. And, you know, you you just don't replace that. Like, you, I know you get Tory Krug. Yes. But, you know, you know, you give him the big money, but, you know, it's not like it's the same thing. It's like, you know, I he probably is a great guy, 
but I'm not saying he's a leader. The hey, the okay. Um, they I do like St. Louis. Do still have they still have Pareko on the right? Yeah, and their left side is still the crew done, and if like Scandella's not bad. But, and Mike Hoffman is not Vladimir Tarasenko. Oh, okay, yeah, no, but Hoffman's no. gonna be healthy though. He's gonna be good, but I don't know. He just doesn't have that oomph for me. Okay. Um. Okay. I had one about the Leafs, but since you cover them, I won't say it. I was Wait, just gonna was say it? they're gonna at least win a round. Mm-hmm. That's um, bare minimum. That's and I was gonna make take. it a joke of like Super Bowl. They're gonna win a round, but um. Luckily, I made my extras. Okay. I didn't know how spicy you wanted them to be. You said, like, super bold. Like, you, you told us, like, we are a bold one. Yeah, no, it was good. I like it. It's Okay. Okay. Um, my first one. The Boston Bruins are going to miss the playoffs. They're done. They're not going to make it. Um, their defense is, a, is, is terrible to me, as it stands. Yeah. They're missing Pasternak and Marchand for now in a shortened season. Uh, what are you going to do there? And along with this, Craig Smith will lead them in goals by the end of the season. Not Jake DeBrusque? No, not DeBrusque. Craig Smith. He'll be playing with Bergeron, and they will discover a new level of chemistry, and it will be amazing. But I think the Bruins are missing out, and I had Buffalo taking their spot. Because I think like guys like Philly and that, like they've, they've made it. The Bruins are they're toast. Patrice Bergeron will do what he can, but he's just... He's getting up there, guys. He's I knew getting that, up. I knew that was bold. I didn't know I... I had to. I was gonna pick that one, but I'm like, I gotta go bolder. Mm-hmm. So I went. Mm-hmm. New York Islanders are missing. <laughs> All right. You know what's Where funny? Sorry, Sorry You know what's been funny? What? You know, this has been a week of me and hot takes. I never actually had this streak before. Yeah, you're. <laughs> yeah, they've been hot. They've been hot. I'll give you that. Like a a hot summer's day in Texas. Yeah. Barbecue and some wings. Mm-hmm. Even that's more buffalo. Catching the stars off season. I don't know. Yeah. What okay. are you doing, Dallas? Eric Carlson will be a Norris Trophy finalist at least. That's and pretty San hot. Jose get the fourth spot in the West Division. Sorry, okay, yeah. sorry. That's pretty bold. Yeah, he's back. I'm saying it. Okay. I'm hoping he is. I'm. I might be his biggest fan outside of Ottawa. I think he's but, gonna. Like, there's not a whole lot of. Um tough competition for that fourth spot in the division like i know well, daniel, i don't know daniel believes in minnesota uh, and, and, <laughs> and, and, and anaheim so they like they're other than the blues avalanche and golden knights is there really like who's fighting for that fourth it's really the coyotes and the sharks and then the wild ducks and kings are there too like i guess i i don't know you know what i mean so like that's that's definitely plausible we do credit to Arizona. They might be a joke, but Darcy Kemper, man. Mm-hmm. Darcy if he stays healthy. I mean, you can ask about Auntie Ranta, too. Yeah, if they both stay healthy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, okay. That, those, are, those are the takes. I'm really excited to see how that actually goes. I still um, can't believe Daniel thinks St. Louis. That Anaheim and, and, and Minnesota I think there's been more consistency. And that St. Louis is going to miss. I think it's okay. I see it this way, where we always have these projections, and that, you know, I've I think maybe because I've been like a a fantasy sport nut the last month and a half, where people criticized me in my basketball one because I went off the board, Alex. You Adam, did. You've seen you it. Did. I ended off the board, but you know, I'm not last in my in my league. I'm actually doing pretty well, and 
the way I see it is that because we focus too much sometimes on what happened last year, what happened the year before, we focus oh, too much on that, on the okay. rankings. You know, okay. sometimes you're going to have to see that there's a trend. There's, there's something where there is that untapped potential that, you know, eventually it's going to come up. You know, it's not like everyone, I see it this way. Okay. I'm not going to be biased here, but you're starting everyone, to sound a little biased. Here. Everyone okay. has like, not everybody, but I, you know, and when it comes to top prospect list, the ducks are always there. You know, eventually something's <laughs> gotta give. You know, you can't just go like they're a forever prospect. It's like, oh no, my- they're a prospect because there's the potential of that talent to finally blossom in the NHL. I like this new Daniel. I really like this. This is fun. This is really fun. Oh man, that's good. That's really, really, really good. Okay, guys. But again, the prospect thing I'm looking at, it's not just for the ducks. It's for a lot of teams. Again, Daniel thinks that. Sorry, that's the West Division, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or should we call it the Honda NHL West Division? <laughs> Just before, I hope you know that's going to be the preview, right? Daniel making that bold claim. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, you're saying. You missed the playoffs. You know what? Ah, oh, it would be funny. But yeah, um, so the NHL need money. Like every, like, you know, most people, every sports league, um, the divisions, their names have been sold. So this is from Luke Fox jukebox on Twitter, Luke Fox, the NHL have solid division names. Now the Scotia NHL North division trademark, the Honda NHL West division trademark, the discover NHL central division trademark and the mass mutual. NHL East Division trade. I'm surprised there's no Enterprise Division. I'm excited for the ads, to be honest. Oh, like, hi, I'm John Tavares, and I bank with Scotiabank. <laughs> or I'm Ryan Getzlaff, and I get to the arena with my new Honda Civic. It's like how for a solid four months, every YouTube video you watched was Austin Matthews saying, come watch us at the Scotiabank Arena. Grilled oh. in everyone's head that it wasn't the ACC anymore. I hated that I know. commercial so much. I wonder how much he got paid for that. A lot of money. More than Marner's bonuses that he didn't get. <laughs> or um... <laughs> uh, Paul Marner's yeah. I'm going to throw it over to Alex here because I, I think you have a visual demonstration here. Check out the YouTube well, portion of the show for this. Yeah, because I think there's this whole idea that hockey is this tradition, traditional game. We don't veer off the path of tradition. And that's just stupid. Okay. I hate to be I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but that's just not gonna be the case anymore. If you haven't noticed if you've been living under a rock for like the last nine months or so, there's a pandemic going on. So like lots of people have lost money. Nine months. It's probably been more than nine months. I can't remember the before but, time. But the NHL needs to find money. And like this was going to come. My thing is if the best leagues in the world, uh, in Europe, in North America, can have just throw ads on anything, the NHL can too. There's the reason they are number four out of four. And it's not because they don't have ads. It's because no one really cares. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately. Remember when Evander Kane tried to fight whoever, Paul, no one even mentioned his name. No one. No. 
It's no. like it's it's the Pepsi halftime show sponsored by Frank's Red Hot Sauce. We put that beep bleep on anything. Like it's just major advertisements everywhere. I think we can put it on a helmet on a name. I brought my soccer jersey here. Mm-hmm. Which okay. one is it? Uh, Dortmund in Germany. On the front of the jersey, advertisement. Right. It looks pretty nice. I'm not suggesting they do this, mm-hmm. but I'm just saying it doesn't look awful on a jersey. No. no, it works. And on the side, I don't know what company this is, but there's one on the side on the arm. Looks like a flash logo. Stamp would be lightning. I don't know exactly what it is. And then that's and then that's it. Right? What's the big deal? I kind of looking back at the real juniors yesterday, where I was talking about this with my family. That you know how the U.S. team has Chipotle on them. Yeah. Like what the Canadian team like Harvey's? I don't know. You don't know this in. How many people Mm -hmm. are gonna know this? What you have on a on a helmet when you're actually watching a game or jersey? I think about it too, where you know it's become so ingrained with me. I think with the ads for the Raptors that. You know, I don't really notice the Sun Life Financial anymore. Even or even the third jersey has the Jordan symbol on it now. Yeah, like it's it's really an extra source of income for the teams. Yeah. Like, and they a lot of them need it. Like we've had we had this discussion how many times? Like last year there was seven teams that weren't profitable. This year there was like fifteen. Half the league it wasn't profitable. That's insane. To tell you, I, yeah. Sorry, go ahead, Daniel. Oh no, just I love Alex's point about the whole tradition and keeping the things the way they are because, you know, for me, I think this has been the theme the last two years, especially what's been going on in the world, is just growth of the game, just you know, in any means necessary, and you know that does that includes the financial aspects of it, where you know we've mentioned you know hockey, not exactly on the top of the list of things, and. They need, you know, what are they going to do again? Like, what we're going to have a second retro reverse jersey? No, they need to think bigger. And I'm not, and I guess maybe I was a bit harsh. Like, it's not we need to get rid of all tradition. I just think there's certain things that are that don't like. Why can't we? Why isn't? Why can't we have an ad on a helmet? Why is that such a big deal? We 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 like Formula One on this podcast, and yeah. To talk about how important funding can be from sponsorships. Williams have like like a main sponsor for them, like helps design half their car is how important money is for that. And yeah. I've never watched a Formula One race, seen a the guy in his jumpsuit or the car that are just covered in ads and been like, I don't like that. I don't right. I don't mind the here's the Amazon tire performance graphic. Here's the it doesn't I've just never really, here's the, like, I don't watch a broadcast either. And it's like commentators clothing provided by Jack Victor. And I'm mm. like, ah, this is hogwash this. It's just, uh, it's just such a small issue. Like the only time I would ever have a problem with advertisements on a uniform is if it turned into a complete, like, if you just slathered a jersey from head to toe. Like what That's they do in Europe. Thing. Keep, yeah, like keep the integrity of the logo. Mm-hmm. If you want it on skates, actually not skates because I like the players to customize those a bit. But like the helmet, the pants, the show, like whatever. Do what you have to do. 
put more on on the boards, the the intermission. How get them the ice the ice condition graphic presented by Enterprise Rent a Car. Oh, well, the Arizona performance is down by fifteen percent as normal. Oh dear. Brought yeah. you in part by Barton Broder and his commercials. <laughs> like the idea that hockey is this special anomaly is ridiculous. You're right. It is an anomaly. It's dead last by like by a lot. That's the anomaly. Mm-hmm. Like and we like the game. Mm-hmm. Hey, but how does it affect you that they're trying to make money? Oh my God. I have to hear for a full second them say this intermission brought to you by the two on one podcast. I don't know. Like how, what in world, how is it affecting you? By the way, we I should, would love we that by the been, way. We should have been on the Leafs helmet. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. But uh, I think that's the point where when we look back on it and I think, I've talked about this with a uh, shout out to Dr. Stacy Lorenz of the University of Alberta, wow. who uh, has written a few books on this, where we look at two things where we make hockey on that pedestal of the national identity of like, you know, this is something more than a business. This is something more than, than, you know, the, you know, this is hockey. And then the corporate guys are over there. It's like, no, it's all connected. Yeah, it's exactly. Um, uh, shall we move on though from there? One more thing, mm-hmm. and it's just a joke. Uh, two things actually, as a joke. Um, I remember when Shaq, when they asked him about ads and money, and Shaq says, "I don't care about money. All I want to do is play basketball, uh, drink Pepsi, and wear Reeboks." And the second thing was the joke from Wayne's World when remember. When Mike Myers was like, I don't really care about the money. I don't care about being a corporate sellout. And then he's wearing like Reeboks. He's eating Pizza Hut. Yeah. And, uh, and they, put, they they have the logo up on the box, like on purpose. Yeah. 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 Um, before we move on, can teams be a little more creative with their sponsors? Oh, my like, God. Yeah. The Leafs is Scotiabank. Yeah. Like, are you kidding me? Yeah. The Montreal, you were saying it was Bell. Really? Yeah. Pick something else. I know they're getting paid lots of money. I bet I there's other people. Fire. Sponsored by Wells Fargo. Oh Can't my god. That. I know it's the division tube, like the because the Honda one, but yeah, the Ducks is the Honda Center already. Yeah. Scotia Bank Arena. Scotia. Yeah. Oh. Like Scotia's already all over the Sportsnet broadcast. Ah, I wonder how this goes. What would be alternatives for you guys for sponsors? The two on one podcast. I want the chicken place to sponsor Montreal like they do the AHL team. That's cool. I love that chicken. Yeah, it's good. That or like Pokemon. I don't know. Why not? There's Brendan Gallagher with a Pikachu on his jersey. That'd be awesome. Mm. I would love that. Or Care Bears. Why not? I, I don't care. Care Bears. Just not like um, the Vancouver Canucks sponsored by EA Sports Vancouver. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't, if, unless they're going to improve the game, I don't want them sponsoring. Maybe anything. this is the way they get increased funding from the sponsorship, and then they're like, Absolutely. "Hey guys, improved NHL game. We could only dream." Yeah. No, and then it funds their like <sighs> their vacation to the Caribbean. Or oh no. Oh. Okay. Is that a subtle? Political statement? I don't know. What are you talking about? Okay. Don't Traveling in a pandemic to the Caribbean. Why don't even get me started. Who would do that? 
Um, okay, training camps have been going on pretty much, and they're fun. Um, there's been – it's kind of weird. I don't care if somebody scoring an exhibition game normally. <laughs> but right now, I'm okay with it. I'm okay <laughs> with seeing line projections. I'm yeah. okay with it, guys. How do you guys feel about camp, though? Alex, starting with you, because, of course, naturally in camp, they talk about the Leafs lineup, and Twitter has a complete – I it can't is swear on the show, nightmare. but they go back and forth about it. It is an absolute nightmare. Yeah. I like I'm I, I, I think about it on a daily basis. What's worse? Leafs Twitter or political Twitter? And I know the pol- political Twitter actually has an impact on people's lives, but like just the 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 way they fight, I don't know which one's worse because it seems the same. I, I think Hockey Twitter is sillier in the sense that it is a game where they used to play with cow poop as a puck, and we're yelling about that. Um, but political Twitter, if I go and see a hockey thread and I see someone say, yeah, Trevor Zegras is cocky, I'm like, oh, great. If I go on a political Twitter and I see something that's like, oh, those group of people coming into our co-, and then I'm like, no, don't want any of this, no. So hockey Twitter, in a sense, is, is more ridiculous, but I think political Twitter is much more serious meaningful. and dangerous. And meaningful. Yes. In a way. It, yes. Even though some of the... Uh, some people the take point. sports way too seriously, but... Yeah. Sometimes you got to do that. But I guess in terms of the Leafs... Um, <laughs> I mean, I guess I'm fine with seeing line combinations. Like, I'm going to see this, whether it's game one, game 10, preseason game 15. I don't know. Like, yeah. I'm going to see it regardless, and someone's going to get upset about it. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know what, like, I, I'm, I think about the lines, and I guess we can get into that, but I don't really take them too seriously at this point. You, you know that meme of it's the two buttons, and it's like the superhero is all sweaty? Like, I don't know. Yeah. What- Uh, Mark Dumont was like seeing lines that don't mean anything. And the other button was writing a 2000 word article, breaking them down. I was like, exactly. I mean, it's kind of his job, but yeah, I get. get. When I saw the Leafs and Joe Thornton with Marner and Matthews, I was like, okay, that's kind of weird. And then I saw the replies. I'm like, oh, 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 we're at this. The season has started. That's when you know things are in full swing. That's why I think we didn't get preseason games, but we did get the World Juniors a week before, a week, a couple of weeks before, and I think it just fueled hockey Twitter. That's that's hockey Twitter's preseason. Yeah, and it, at least it meant something, right? Mm-hmm. So got some months off, but they definitely did not lose any fire. They got no. Uh, did you want me to talk about the Leafs? Or are we saving that? Sure, we're here. Okay, okay. When it, with Joe Thornton playing with Matthews and Marner, I, I'm conflicted. Like I think that could definitely be interesting because I think Joe Thornton's playing style isn't necessarily built on his speed. It's built on his ability, like his playmaking ability per se. Mm-hmm. So I know that he's probably lost his speed, but not necessarily his hands because that tends to go a little bit later than speed. So I could see that working, but then I'm thinking about, okay, if they lose the puck and it has to go the other way, 
this is going to be an issue because Joe Thorne's in his 40s. God, is he that old now? I think so. After 1997. Like, so I, I really think, like, it'd be an interesting experiment if you wanted to break up the first power play unit, put Joe Thorne on the first power play unit, and move, I don't know, Willie, I don't, someone on the second one to split it up a little bit. I don't necessarily think they're going to do that because I think their advantage is having such a strong first power play unit, but it's an idea because having to back check and Joe Thorne having to back check, it's not going to be the greatest. The, the puck's in the back of the net by the time he gets to the blue line. Right. And I, and I feel bad. Like, also, I don't think this is a permanent thing. Like that's it's bizarre to think Sheldon Keefe is going to play Joe Thorne twenty plus minutes a night on a regular basis. No. Like he- I do think Hyman or Mikheyev will get that spot maybe in rotation and throw Joe Thorne in there every once in a while, every other shift or so, whatever the case may be. But this is in no way a permanent a permanent thing. That's bizarre like he dubis probably said hey if you come here this is what we'll give you some more ice time we'll give we'll play you with these guys but it's not going to be on a permanent basis there's no way i think the one thing i kind of got with that is i think there's two things to it with training camp is one you know you could change lines pretty quickly second um what i kind of felt with toronto is that a lot of people are complaining about, you know, they're breaking up a lot of the lines we saw last year. But at the same time, it's just, they're going to be the same people that argue that, hey, you didn't, you didn't change things up. You didn't try new things to try to find these combinations. Um, I think one big criticism I saw on Twitter was that Zach Hyman's no longer with Austin Matthews, that they're like, who's going to be the guy that digs for the puck now? Who's going to be this player? It's like, once again, it's just, they're just trying to figure things out or, I remember the big upper when Jimmy VC was projected on that second line on like the yeah. first day and people did not like it. But again, it's just figuring out where these news got these new guys work and what they could kind of do to be better from last year. To speak on the VC thing. Remember that Mitch Marner, the first year he played with and Mitch Marner is a great player, a spectacular player. But when he played beside Tavares that first year, he looked much better. When William Nylander played next to Tavares, William Nylander looked better. What make like even Mikheyev, when Mikheyev played next to Tavares, like Tavares, and, and I know last year he didn't have a great year, hand injury. Uh, he had a he had a kid, loads of things that that create issues. But he's a guy that lifts other players up. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what the issue is playing VC next to Tavares. I think it, it'd work. And what that creates is that third line that they started with on day one of training camp in Mikhaev, Kerfoot, and Hyman. And I really think, especially Kerfoot and Hyman, um, Hyman and Mikhaev, sorry, those are your shutdown guys. Like that's your lockdown Nazim Kadri two years ago thing uh, line. The question is Kerfoot. And I know he had a poor year last year. He had a jaw injury. He had lost, he had lost a, a, a chunk of weight 
because I think like Gallagher, he was also drinking through a straw for a period of time. So he came back this year, I think 15 pounds heavier than he was last year. And, and I think this year it's going to be a different Alex Kerfoot. Mm-hmm. Once again, I think with the Jimmy VC thing, it was, you know, we, we've said it a lot here, the reclamation prize. Whereas a guy had the potential, he had the skill in university, and I think it just he was thrown into the fire in New York. You know, the what? talent is there. I think the key of of getting that those third and fourth lines going for Toronto. I mean, if anything was a real big problem for them last season, especially they needed the depth getting going. So listen, let's remember when when complaining about lines or even gloating about them. Not a single game of hockey has been played yet. Right. Like, we're a week away. Um, but, I mean, regardless, uh, it's Joe Thornton. I mean, there's still the sort of – it's like the same as Char. The guy knows his own limitations. If there's a player you don't need to worry about on that team, I think it's Joe Thornton oh, that's at the yeah, top. Yeah. Like, the guys play – how many – Exactly how many games has Joe Thornton played? I'm saying it's around 1,100. A lot of games. So Big this I, oh, I I can't stand the media in the city sometimes. Holy how many God. games has he played? He's played 1,600 regular. Oh my God! How many playoff games has he played? 162. Oh my. Okay, I think he's fine. <laughs> Yeah, because he's boring. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. A certain newspaper in this city can zip its mouth because you just sound dead stupid. A thousand. Oh, I forgot about Jumbo. Oh, my God. Um, Daniel, anything you want to sort of discuss with us about the Ducks camp? Um, I think it's just one thing, and I'm probably going to, you know, we'll probably circle back on this later on because I think that a lot of the articles, especially from Dan Rosen on NHL.com, in terms of updates that I've seen is been pretty fresh off the real juniors. Like the main story is will Trevor Zegers make the ducks lineup? Um, the expectation now is that if he does make it, they're going to either, they want to start him preferably at center. So they're going to try to platoon things where they're going to have three scoring lines with, you know, Adam Henry, Crane gets laugh, Trevor Zegers, and then try to work, work things around. I think one thing is they're trying to convert, Sam Steele into a guy that couldn't play the wing as well because I think one criticism they had with him was that he was too used to always being a center and they have way too many forwards. Um, what I kind of saw with this team is what I've said before, they're going to bet on the young guys. They're going to bet on the guys who are the vets who could still provide something for this team. Um, it's all going to be about who breaks out and who earns the minutes because they have so many forwards on their wing. And one criticism I kind of have with this team is, and this is something something I've said before, and it's the whole mentality that you still need to have a fourth line of guys who can fight. Um, you know, you're going to see because they have to play him, but David Backus is still there. Um, uh, Nick Delorier is still there. Oh boy. Um, these are guys that I unfortunately are probably still going to get minutes, but I'm kind of hoping that they will find a way to kind of give guys meaningful bottom, bottom six minutes, but not 
get back to that type of play because I don't think that, you know, dragging guys through the mud is going to work right now, especially with the guys they've drafted lately where there's a ton of skill. I just be careful about Zgrass at center to start at least just because if you look at the comp, a lot's been made about now that Doc and Taves are gone, the Friedman, the Friedman, the 31 thoughts do what the we're Friedman. talking about. The Friedman, the Friedman yeah. book volume uh, one. Elliot Friedman and friends. That, you know, with Strom playing first line center, he's being go. he's going to go against Aho. He's going to say what you want about Duchesne. He's still going up against a, a, a guy who has made Canadian international teams in Duchesne. Tyler Sagan and Jamie Ben. And Stamkos. Stamkos. Sorelli. Oh, my God. Um, you Point. Know, guys, Larkin is still a very, very good player. And you got to be very careful with Zgrass there. That's just because of how difficult it is to play center. Because he's going against O'Reilly. You may have heard of him. And arguably the best player in the world in Nathan McKinnon. And no, but bad. they're still gonna play the play. Still gonna make the playoffs. <laughs> I feel like the more we, I feel like the more we talk about it, Daniel's gonna go back on, uh, on, on his on his bold claim. No, no, no I'm I'm not. I'm, I think it's gonna be okay. They've. That's the thing. I'm not banking on the one guy like on to like lead this team. I think they've they've drafted pretty well. Like again, and you know. Probably no excuse of a thing, but you know, Troy Terry was in the fifth round, guys. Yeah, yeah, like, and still there's like Lundestrom, there's still lots of there's yeah. lots of players there, but you know, there's there's still like we forget Kopitar is still amazing, it's just because he plays in LA that we're like, ah, mm-hmm. yeah, the kings suck. Um, but you know, they, it's gonna be a big test for him, but you know what, right now, after that tournament, he's confident, he in his mind, he's made that team already, yeah, which. Uh, they, I'm sure that team wants a bit of competition, a bit more kick up the butt with their youth guys, especially like if there's going to be that mix of your guys like Delore trying to get into a spot. The young guys are going to have to fight for it. They're or Derek Grant. I'm like, why? I don't know why. Like, I probably a great guy to have in the locker room, but just, you know, you didn't have to bring him back. The amount of centers that this team has. He must have something on Murray, he, like something that he keeps coming back. The third time. Yeah, I mean, and he got term this time. He yeah, term. Like, ah, it's, it's, it's fun. The Ducks are the Ducks. I think are going to be interesting to keep an eye on. He's the next Francois Beauchamp. Remember, he went to the Ducks three times. Man. Also, he's a Leafs legend. Leafs legend. Francois oh, Montreal legend too is drafted by the Habs. Yep. He's the guy that connects us all, Francois Beauchamp. Speaking of the Habs, by the way, the Laval Rocket have announced that they're playing all their home games out of the Bell Center. Wow. Yes, um, they're sticking out of Laval. I don't know why, but the Canadians camp, oh boy. If there's been a term while I plug in my Mac because it is on low battery, it is it is patience and that. Oh, my microphone changed too. Oh, that's rough. Okay. Um, they're just closer to the mic. Again. Oh, why can't I hear you? Hold on. What's my speaker? No, go to this. Hello, can you hear me? Yeah. Yes. Can you hear okay. us? Okay. Say something, please. Yep. Yeah, I got forced back to Carl. Oh, no. Why can't I hear you? Oh, oh no. No, I'm going to pause oh, it until. Hold on. Hold on. I know what I did wrong. I made my microphone my speaker. Uh, there we go. Can you hear us oh, now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, awesome. Um, I don't know why plugging in my computer to charge just messed up my, my mind. Well, you jolted it. Yeah, um, there is expectations with this Canadian team, and and 
the guys who have talked, there's been a lot from the new guys, Weber. We had a rare media availability from Carey Price as well, which is like, seriously, it's so weird when you actually hear him talk. There is expectation for this team and the term winning has been thrown around a lot. Um, there is real confidence from within this team, one that like a level I have not seen in a very long time. These are um, lines from today's camp. I just want to mention this because I'm, I'm kind of proud of how my predictions have gone. Um, it's again, Weber, Sherratt, Edmondson, Petrie, Kulak's on the left of Romanov on the right, Frickin' called it. The Deneau line is obviously still intact. This is what the second line has looked like. Joss Anderson, Nick Suzuki, and Jonathan Druin. I'd like to say the third line, which is really interesting. Toffoli's on the left, which is funny because he was asked about playing there. With Kakinemi and Yol Army has been moved up. So Lekkonen, Evans, and Byron is their fourth line. And by the way, the fifth line is somehow Perry, Paling, and Froelig. Jeez. <laughs> God. <laughs> and Mete is the seventh defenseman. Oh. Oh, it's so nice. Um, That's such a huge, like, departure from two years ago. Man, what happened? <laughs> like, Willette was, like, their fifth defenseman a few years ago. This is, it's just, it brings a smile on my face to see this. But I, I want to wonder... We can we can sort of pre. Let's see, we'll wait to. I was gonna say, why don't we sort of do a preview of it? But our next episode is actually the day of the game, so we should actually probably wait to do that. And next episode on Sunday, we can probably do a whole season preview as well. Do mm-hmm. that. Predict who makes the playoffs, who wins the awards, all the stuff that. Yeah, on Sunday is, is too early to do, but we'll do it anyway. Um, but I, I just I'd like to. I've made my opinions very well known in my videos and and my stuff when I mentioned the Habs, but I want to just get your guys to sort of thoughts here. So Anderson is now lining with Suzuki and Drew and, and to Foley's on the third line with Jesperi, Kock, and Yemi. A, a big line, by the way, are Mia, Kock, and Yemi and to Foley. There's size and skill there. Yeah, it's um, what Bergevin did this summer. It's like a complete 180 of what we expected him to do. And I think I might I have an idea of why this happened. I don't know, obviously, because I'm not Elliot Friedman. I don't have insider sources. Just my guess. Not yet. You will. Soon. Hopefully. Um, This season, it's shortened season, and they're in different divisions. And I think with the base that Montreal have to had to start with, the emer- like the emergences of Kotkaniemi and Suzuki, along with Price and Weber and, and the surrounding guys, it was easy for them to say, well, if we're playing in the Atlantic, you still had Tampa, you still had Boston, and I know they've taken a step back, but mm-hmm. Toronto, uh, Florida, like you had teams that were better and better than Montreal, but you – you didn't know about the wild card. And I think maybe the best route at the time for Montreal was to say, hey, maybe re- maybe it's time for a retool for a couple more years. Whereas now we're, we're working with, hey, we're in a Canadian division where, sure, I guess Toronto is number one by not a whole lot, but the rest, like two to six pretty much, are a complete mashup, like, it depending on the city and depending on 
on the analyst, you're going to get a different result pretty much. But what Bergevin did is he kept his guys. He obviously you got Romanov from you got brought Romanov over from Russia. Kodkinyemi and Suzuki got better. Tatar, Druen, um, Dino, all these guys, Gallagher resigning, Petrie resigning, Weber and Price still here. And then adding deft pieces like Froleek, um, Froleek, Toffoli, Perry, and um, who am I missing? Josh Anderson. Josh Anderson, but on the on the back end. Oh, Edmondson. Ed Joel Edmondson, yeah. Like those are maybe they're not high end moves, but they're pretty good moves, and I think it moves Montreal a step forward. And I think they're taking advantage of the fact that this year. Like, the more I think about it, the more I think that Montreal could actually finish second in the division, if not close to, like, if not first, if Toronto is, you know, like, Toronto's Toronto. But on paper, I'd argue Montreal, other than McDavid and Dreisaitl, I'd pick Montreal over Edmonton. Yeah. Daniel. I think the biggest thing for me and... It's what Alex has listed. And it's what I've asked you in the past, Adam, I think maybe a year or two ago was, what is this team's identity? And I remember that we had a hard time kind of understanding what they were really doing. And the way these moves have been, the guys they've been able to convince to resign, the people they've brought from Russia, like Alex Romanov, the trades they've done and the pieces they've signed I think that what they've sold the most was a vision for this team. Mm-hmm. And there is that common identity of, you know, we're not just treading water anymore. We're not just kind of hoping for the best with what we have and, you know, maybe get into the playoffs or, you know, finish with like, you know, a mid-level pick. I think now it's let's keep on building. Shea Weber, Carey Price, still amazing players. Jeff Petrie, still amazing. Well, to the going into his thirties and, this is something that I've seen now where when I look back on that question, I asked you, it's like, yes, for sure. I think what Mark Bergevin's really changed is that he sold that vision to the team, that vision of what a team can be, what that potential can be and how to build a team. Like, I don't think I've seen a Montreal team like this since 2014. And I, and I think arguably right now looking, this is better than the 2014 team because they don't have like Travis Moen. And like Renee Fort, you know what I mean? It's it's really funny that I look back to when Tavares didn't give this team a meaning. And it was a maybe it was finally a slap in the face to Mark Bergman to say, listen, because of the tax situation and the fact that you can't win, this team cannot bring in superstars. They can't do it. Um, and they did not have a superstar level prospect anyway and so what Bergevin did is he realized you know what I can do here is he has instead gone for a the identity of this team now is they're not just fast and they have good possession numbers in five on five now they are a true can play any style they can play fast they can play big with some of like Anderson and Edmondson and the rest of the back end they can play any way that you want them to play any night and if they don't have the stars, that's fine because they're rolling the a real fourth line, sorry, four line team. Jordan Wheel's not 
anywhere there. Do you have you noticed? I have noticed that. Yeah. Frolic is there instead. And again, there is the mix of youth in there. You can see the core now, and adding Caulfield, you can see the core of the future. And it's it it's it's a, it's reassuring to see as, as a Habs fan. Um, and by the way, the third goalie is Michael McNiven. He might get some games. So happy. Really? Yeah. So Are, happy for They're really done with Charlie Lindgren. This is Yeah, yeah I was surprised with that. Yeah. Yeah, well, because he's not getting games over Primo. I guess it's it's going to be him and, and Demchenko who are going to be fighting for that fifth goalie spot. Um, they thought Keith Kincaid would come back. Oh, God. I, where did he go? The Rangers? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I mean... Uh, no offense. He was funny. Keith and Kate had those emoji things. Um, do you guys want to finish off talking about um, Oliver Bjorkstrand? Bjorkstrand? Yeah. Bjorkstrand, yeah. Sure. Yeah. Um, a player who I remember re- hearing, like, seeing a thread on Twitter of uh, mention analytical darlings who you just don't get it with, that they're overrated. I remember seeing Oliver Bjorkstrand. And I saw this deal at first, by the way, it is a five-year extension at $5.4 million for There's a modified no trade clause in years two through five. Uh, nothing is a hundred percent cap friendly has noted here, but that's how it's looking right now. And from what I understand about Bjorkstrand is he is, I kind of like the kind of player that I think Tortorella would love, or obviously loves to have on Columbus. I didn't realize he's popped 20 goals the past two seasons, including last year before he had finished. Um, by the way, in about 20, there's about 26 less games, he matched his point totals from the 18-19 season. I didn't realize that. I, st- I think the cap hit is too much, by the way, especially nowadays. But I didn't realize he's been a useful little player for Columbus. I'm surprised I have not heard more of Oliver Bjorkstrand. I'm not going to lie, Alex. Yeah, well, I mean, number one, he's in Columbus. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. Like, I, I, nothing against Columbus or the people of Columbus, but um, come on. Like, I'm, I'm sorry. Just doesn't get a whole lot of coverage. But that's – Pardon? That's why Dubois wants out. Right. And, and and maybe that's one of the reasons we haven't really heard much about Oliver Bjorkstrand. Like, we always knew he was a good player. It just didn't seem like point. He's one of those guys where not necessarily the point totals will always show it. And I think this year was, like, uh, 36 points in 49 games. Like may, I think this year we really would have seen – what Oliver Bjorkstrand was, and maybe that's because of injuries, right? Like they were riddled with injuries this year. Um, and I mean, including him, like he missed ooh, 15 games or so. So, but he still took advantage of the opportunity and maybe, you know, I think we'll see him get his, the minutes he deserves next season as well. Yeah. I do agree. The cap hit in this in this flat cap economy is a little hefty. Good for him, though. Amazing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So good for him. Um, Daniel, your thoughts. You love the you love the the prototypical Columbus player. You love guys like Marcus Nudavar, formerly, I should say mm-hmm. now, but it's just a, a really sort of useful player. Not a star, but a useful player. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think he's someone that I'll, I'll – 
two things I've, I'll bring up is he's a guy that I think has really got into the identity of what the Columbus Blue Jackets are, that they're not, they realize that, you know, they're not going to always have the star or anything, but they're going to be guys that could dial in really into the culture, really into how they want to play. You know, they could lead to upsets. It's just a guy that's, you know, developed for a while on this team. He's been with them for seven, eight years now. And I really kind of thought that the cap hit to convince him to come was going to be a lot lower than this. And one thing I kind of like to bring out is he in a way is, and when I brought it up is he was drafted 89th overall in 2013. And he is really the only guy worth mentioning for that draft for Columbus. Cause they had three first round picks that year. Um, yes, it was Alex Wenberg, Kirby Reichel and Marco Dano. Oh, <laughs> yes. Yeah, so, the other guys, the the Boston Bruins, three picks in a row were bad. Yeah, and the only guy that was drafted before him was fiftieth overall was Dylan Heatherton. Heatherton, you know, we liked him on the Real Juniors for Canada, but the bad thing was Columbus traded the pick that became Tristan Jari to get Heatherton. Um, so that was kind of bad, but yeah, he was kind of a guy that prototypical Columbus guy. Where if you look back on the trends, and you're not named Rick Nash. Or, you know, you're not Jakub Voracek before you hit your prime. Um, Columbus, the last few years, do not know how to draft in the first round. Like, they've actually had a few duds. But Bjorkstrand's that identity guy where, you know, you'll find him in the later rounds. And then he'll just stick with Columbus. Like, other players I think about is um, is Savard or um, even Atkinson. These guys that were, like, you know, fourth round, sixth round. But they just stick around in Columbus. So I think it's just a continuing trend, but I really do like that his two-way game is developing for the team. It's just for what he's getting, he's more of a complimentary guy than someone that I think that would get this kind of deal. Hey, uh, maybe justification for the deal, the Columbus tax. So the the same thing as Buffalo. No one really wants to go there, but um, kind of like they probably had to pay the same thing on Gustav Nyquist when they brought him in. Right. Um, and he could probably, the offense is going to be up on another team if you want there. So, you know, the potential is there. Um, and hey, if you can score 20 goals and play that system, I think any team would value you. Um, so, that is it. First thing I should mention if you're listening to this, it's already have happened, but you should go back and rewatch the live stream or the YouTube no. when it gets uploaded anyway. We are recording, not recording, live streaming tonight our NHL 21 Seattle Kraken. GM reclamation project mode at 6:30 Eastern time. That will be not mountain. Fun. Yeah, not mountain. Not local. Shout out to all the Eastern people complaining the fact of um, so like Eastern Canadians. I should make that very clear. Yeah. I'm um, complaining about the fact that Edmonton is um, that the fact that the gold medal game started at 7:30 Eastern. Sorry, 7:30 local time. time yeah. I was like, ah, oh, what do you know, Eastern. Eastern Canadians complaining about the fact that the game's not catered to their start time. <laughs> but like Eastern oh. Canadians, like in um, PEI and and um, so as in it, Brunswick or us, us, us. Uh, us. Okay, okay. We okay. should make that clear. We live in okay. Toronto and Montreal. We are them. Mm-hmm. We are complaining. We the East. Yeah, I I was quite. I'm like, why are they playing at nine thirty? I'm like, this yeah. is so late. Even though yeah. we're like. We're like Southern Eastern Canadians, though, because mm-hmm. we're not. Well, I grew up there, but even, even in Montreal's a bit more north. But like you know, yeah. we're 
we're basically southern eastern Canadians. You know, yeah. Ontarians. <laughs> to, to southern Ontario, everything north of like Brampton doesn't exist. It's, um, it's like, ah, that's just country. That doesn't, nothing's there. Mm-hmm. It's just um, like Orangeville. Yeah. Um, <laughs> hey, I grew up the outside well, of there. I, I respect with, it. But... What's wrong with Orangeville? Yeah. Shout out to Athletes Institute. <laughs> there's literally, there was nothing in Orangeville. I like it, but it's just, mm-hmm. there's nothing there. I think everyone we got picnics the bowling there. alley back and everyone's like, oh, look, the bowling alley's back. And it's like that and the Cineplex. We should it. go there. We should go bowling when no, we can. No, we shouldn't. No, okay. I don't want to go all the way to Orangeville. Oh, okay. but we'll go bowling until one podcast goes bowling. We'll go bowling. I'd see my buddy lives in Orangeville. We should go actually. Yeah, let's go bowling. All right. Yeah. Okay. Okay. If you enjoyed this episode of the podcast, audio might be weird there. If you're on iTunes, give us a five star review. Um, sorry, a five star rating, then a review. Tell us how much you love the show on Spotify, wherever you listen to this show, follow it. Of course, you should check out the YouTube version of the podcast, see all our beautiful faces and the things we showed off throughout the show. Um, Daniel has his lighting looking really good today. It's not his phone. I don't know what Mm -hmm. you're talking about, people. How dare you accuse him of it? Give us your predictions for the season in the comment section of the YouTube thing or even in the reviews. Why not? People aren't going to understand what you're talking about, but we will. That's all that matters. Check out Alex's blog, my YouTube channel for all your Habs needs. And Will will be on eventually. He doesn't know that yet, but he will be on to announce (laughs) what Daniel is doing in the new semester for school. I think that's everything. Thank you to Voice Ed as always for being a fantastic platform for the show. And we will see everyone on Sunday when we preview the upcoming NHL season and do the the two on one podcast award projection show. Of projection two early awards show. The two yeah. early awards show. Yeah. Yes. So <laughs> earliness and and predictions and that's it. Goodbye. And both takes. Yes. Okay.